Welcome back everyone to the podcast. I'm glad that you could join us again. If you enjoy uh, surfing and the talking heads, you are going to love this next guest. Uh, this is Rob Bell. Rob, how are you? Uh, after that intro, I'm doing great. Well, you know, so many people <laughs> know you under so many different labels. Uh, you know, a pastor, guru, speech teacher. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, author, speaker. But I thought, hey, surfing and talking heads. You know, we could build up some common ground there with people that may not have known that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we go. And your newest adventure is sci-fi writing. Well, why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your new book? Yeah, there's this guy, and he asks this other guy, "Where'd you park your spaceship?" Yeah, and that's what happened. Is it was the middle of the night, somewhere between wide awake and fast asleep. I had this, I could, I could like had this image of this guy. He's asking this guy, "Where'd you park your spaceship?" And then I followed it for days and weeks and months and now years, and it turned into this massive tale yeah. of these. Uh, and so, so book one, which which came out what in August, book one of "Where'd You Park Your Spaceship," which you're holding up now, there I it love is. it. Yeah. Is uh, <laughs> you meet Keen Grubers and you follow him as he grows up on the planet Lunlay as he as he goes through tremendous tragedy as he uh, it's, it kind of almost gets recruited by the people who run the universe yeah, and that takes him all over the universe and then he ends up after decades on this planet Furtis which is why book one is called Welcome to Furtis is yeah. something happens on this planet yeah it's it's so it's so good I finished it uh, I finished it a few weeks ago and actually passed it on to a friend and then uh, you got back with me earlier this week, maybe last week, and said, hey, let's do the podcast. And so I had the stomach flu. So I messaged my friend, hey, can you go drop this book off with another friend? Because <laughs> I need to look over it so I can get a few notes before, uh, before my interview with Rob. And so it's, it's been a delight. And uh, I wanted to share it with someone else immediately. And I'm sure others will feel that way as well. Um, I noticed that the book's really not for everyone. I mean, it's only really for people who have who suffered loss, who felt stuck wherever they are, uh, who have fallen in love, um, who felt <laughs> I, like it was time for a change. Doing. Yeah. I see what you're yeah. doing there. <laughs> yeah. And so, it, so, but it really does have something, you know, for everybody. Right. And that's one of the things I love about it is that every page can speak to you in, in almost a different way. Um, you, you mentioned in your recent podcast that you weren't really like trying to do anything like that. So what were you trying to do that's a great question because if somebody does ask what the book is about i can kind of like i just did sort of give you a really basic plot but that is the that is the mysterious power of a story is you read it and it reads you so two people read the same thing or the number of people who told me they read it and then they listened to the audiobook and were like oh i miss like good chunk like had like a like a, was like reading it for the first time yeah you, i think it's fascinating and the only way the story worked for me because for the previous 30 years my work has been very much explaining like spiritual teacher is like here's what i'm saying here's the point here's the other point here's an example of the point here's an illustration of the point yeah. here's the thing i just said 
here's the thing I just said a third time, sell you differently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. This, yeah. this was like right away in, in telling the story. I, it, it like asked for a surrender. That's the best way I think to describe it. A surrender of all those years of muscles that I had built up, all that explaining, because you can't with a story. Like if the author's trying to get you to see something, you're like, I'm out. Right. Like a movie where the where it had the message is like sort of on the nose, you're like, gross. Like yeah. just get me out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even movies with uh, with points that you agree with, right? That talk right. about income like, inequality or whatever. And when it's so in your face, you're like, okay, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Be nice to people who aren't like me. Take care of the earth. Greed yeah. isn't good. Like, got it. Um, so there was something about this it demanded being so present, like what happens next? Who do we meet? What is Diltud wearing? What does Heen say? What does Nunier do next? That then I would read back over it almost like I hadn't even written it. Like I was seeing it for the first time. And then that's the, like talking to you, finding out what other people saw see are seeing becomes like it's like a whole new experience for me. it's just the best yeah i can imagine how how, how intriguing that must be because you have all these people from all these different walks of life psychologists and yeah. what, what all you say physicists and all these different people of oh a psychoanalyst and yeah. yoga teachers and yeah right all these uh, birth doulas and they all like <laughs> like you said they like page 122 or page 431 like oh fascinating what did what did the birth doulas think? Because my mom's a birth doula. That's what she did for a huge portion of of my life. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, now she teaches like foster parent classes and things like that. But she was a birth doula. So what did the birth doulas think about the the morgue and the <laughs> and the uh, uh, the Karis and the Mary? Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. that, they went right. She like the she went right. They went right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they were like, oh, giving birth and death happening right in the midst of life the comings and the goings yeah yeah you know? and and that whole love it and that whole setup is is one of the things when you start reading the book you're like oh oh this is this is rob bell's solution to what happens if the earth was to fall apart right like the circles and the and the floor checks and the ceilings and all this but then but <laughs> then you're like oh no wait because because this this whole setup, right? And we'll get back to that here in a second about about setups. But this whole setup, as good as it seems, if you go just beneath the surface, you get a little piddle, 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 and then you realize that everything's not as it seems. And even though it looks like this utopian society that that ideally could be the solution, even you, you still haven't arrived. Even at that, you still couldn't say, "Okay, now we've arrived. Now we're here. Evolution's over. Let's go home." Like there's still more to the story. And, and I love the hope that's in that, that's in that message. <laughs> that... Yeah, because you, well, one of the things I thought was so interesting is watching how people would read those descriptions. Like you could write a book on here's how the world should be arranged. Yeah. Right down the middle, very straightforward, which is fine. But to just simply describe a world without commentary, just to describe it. Like when Heen says, I mean, and, and the library is the biggest building, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like there are these... There are these ways that he talks like, yeah, just this is just how it is. Right, yeah. 
it's so interesting to me how much power is in simply describing a world, how that does its own work on you and shows you, oh, we could arrange things differently. Yeah. It's like it comes in the side door with all of this that we call reality. So much of this is just how it got set up and you could set it up differently. Yeah. And, and, and there's, and again, that hope that you could set it up differently, right? But there's mm -hmm. always room for reformation. That's, that's so amazing because I think for so many people, including myself, I mean, right now I've got the ideal uh, career for someone like me. Um, I've got a great family, you know, we're not debt free or anything like that. We're, we've had, we have a long ways to go before we get anywhere close to that, but things are pretty good. And yet every now and then there's this nagging sensation, like what else is out there? You know, what else could you do? What else could you say? Right. What else could you create? You know, oh, and, 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 and this book speaks to that, that, that urge, right? Yeah. And like, that's, if you think about life as like a playing field, this is how the playing field works is you get these hunches. Sometimes something tugs on your sleeve. Sometimes it's an angst or an ache. Sometimes it's just a question or a desire. And you're like, what if we tried it that way? What if I went over here? What if we moved to that town? What if, yeah, that's yeah. where the wonder, so much wonder and awe just in that. And I mean, even just changing your perspective ever so slightly can just change the mm -hmm. whole, the whole thing. Like, uh, with, uh, the beautiful game, right? This, <laughs> <laughs> this game, they play out on the pitch kicked between the feet, and, uh, he comes upon this uh, game, uh, he, and he sees everybody's out there playing and he hops in and he, you know, he gets drafted to a team and he quickly finds out all the rules are a little, like, there's no, there's no positions, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. no it seems like at first glance, there's no method to the madness. And then as you're reading, you're like, oh wait, this is just total football. And we know this because we've all seen Ted Lasso, right? <laughs> right? And, uh, and the grandma is Jamie Tart, dude, dude. So, you know. <laughs> oh, you're the first person to give, this is what I love, give the nod to total football in that. As, as soon as that she, is so funny. As soon as I realized the grandma was was Jamie Tart from Ted Lasso, I was like, "Okay, this is just incredible. I love this." <laughs> I think I wrote the. When did Ted Lasso come out? I think I wrote. It wasn't a reference. I wasn't thinking Ted Lasso. I was thinking actual Total Football. Oh yeah, because yeah, because right. for a lot of Americans, Total Football, the introduction would would have been Ted Lasso. That's funny. Yeah, it was it was for me. I mean, I binged it what, like last summer after the first after the last <laughs> season came out, so I was primed for some Total Football. Um, but yeah, I, I picked when I picked up on it, it made total sense because what else would you expect on Furtis, <laughs> right? Yes, right, and I love how he's. And this struck me way into writing it as, as I was like, oh, this is fascinating. The assumption, I was like, I wonder if readers will assume, oh, yeah, Furtis is different because he keeps telling you Furtis is different than all the other planets. But yeah. we don't actually know. All the planet, all planets have people and people are fascinating. So he may just be waking up in some way and mm -hmm. going, like, we, we actually don't know if Furtis is that different. We just know wow. that for the first time, something has gotten under his skin or he's something's happening to him, which to me that I just think that's fascinating. Yeah, that's true because, oh, because the message someone could pick up is, okay, well, I need to go out there and find my Furtis, 
when it could be i need to wake up to the furnaces (laughs) that are all around me (laughs) like think about your daniel life the the moments of insight the moments of like breakthrough when you saw things in a new way if you were to try to map them or explain well it's just because i came across this idea well there's like 1342 books on that idea over the past 200 years um so we're like and then these are the people who finally got through to me perhaps there were people speaking to you the whole time Uh, you know what i mean like the mystery of of why certain things grab us at moments that they do i that just endlessly compelling to me yeah and i know for me um it was in the midst of a great time of grief that that i found that light personally i mean uh, i know that richard Rohr says that those kinds of transformations take place due to extreme love or extreme loss and it was definitely extreme loss for me and my mm. the, the audience here already knows this you don't know this but so i'll just spring it on you and the person who re- who got through to me was was you you were my dill tut <laughs> whoa what was yeah. the loss that what was your what was the loss that you encountered um i uh i was a young preacher um still am i guess i'm only 30 but i was mm-hmm. a young minister in my tribe um i got hired to work at my parents church where my dad and my granddad were the the elders whoa. and about a uh, year and a half into it they told me that i had a month to change my mind about a particular doctrine about the end times uh or resign oh, or be fired i was 23. oh my god yeah and so letters were sent out to all the area churches uh making sure everybody knew i was a uh, you know wolf in sheep's clothing and that thing uh, all that kind of stuff um i spent a year in defensive mode like trying to fight back and you know against your dad yeah my dad and my granddad yeah i, I spent a year you know uh blogs and videos and you know <laughs> all that kind of good making stuff your, making your case yeah, making Swinging, my case. Throwing punches? Throwing my punches, defending myself is what I felt like I was doing. Um, and in 2018, I read the first book outside of my tribe uh, that I'd ever read was Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And then I read uh, Purpose Driven Church by Rick Warren. <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's got to be something else. What can I read? I asked my, my buddy, OB, this. Um, OB. OB, Yeah. I don't know if you know Obi or not, but he, he I actually... Like I do. I just I, like to say that. Yeah, you have a friend named Obi. That's yeah, I call, I call him the Oest of Bees. <laughs> oh, Oest of Bees. Shout yeah. out to the Oest of Bees. But he, uh, he actually told me that... This is probably a, a sore spot for you right now, actually, now that I think about it, that I think he sat in on, on an interview between you and Carlton Pearson um, several years ago. Oh, I love Carlton Pearson. Yeah, I was, I was sorry to... Why would that be a sore spot? Oh, uh, well, he passed away a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry. I did not know oh, that you didn't know that. Yeah. Oh man, that was, oh, that man. was a great man. Yeah, that was he, a great man. Oh, that he guy. was. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry to drop that on you. I, what a dude! I well, thought you might have heard of that. My bad. What um, a great dude, man. Yeah. Oh, man. man. Oh, oh man. yeah. His we his movie. Carlton. We got Ob. Got Ob. We got. Man, you have a you you come from a crew. So yeah yeah so so Ob says you should read this book called Velvet Elvis. And uh, I, I knew about I knew about your work before, so I you know I, 
but I didn't really like it because it talked about evolution. Um, and so I read Velvet Elvis anyways, and then that was okay. And I thought, ah, he didn't really quote enough Bible. So, you know, whatever. Uh, but then I, then I read Jesus, What's the Save Christians? And it was actually that book that, like, just changed my life. So, yeah, long story short, you were my Diltud. Thank you very much. I wasn't planning on getting into That's that, but. Awesome. Um, <laughs> what happened? Where are things with your dad and granddad now? Um, since I've had kids, they've invited me out to, you know, to Christmas and things like that. They, they did before, but they've, they've reached out more and more uh, since we've had children, my wife and I. Um, but, mm. uh, you know, it's, it's still super awkward to be at a dinner table with people that think you're going to, you know, burn in hell forever. So that's not very fun. Yes, um, that is awkward. And my granddad is actually, he has uh, Lewy body dementia. And so he's getting to the point where you know, reconciliation at this stage in his life. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see it as a possibility on his part. Right. You know, because he's not fully there, you know, this tells us a lot about you, that you have a deep, a deep knowing that you trust even when literal parental lineage, tradition, tribal elders, uh it tells us what kind of strength and fiber you possess we all do but you that you yeah that's that's really extraordinary story yeah well ironically it comes it comes from them <laughs> you know they thought they they trained me that way yeah right that yeah stand by what you believe in no matter what all that kind of stuff so uh right right it's it's, it's funny you're like wait i'm the product <laughs> of you people yeah how do you disown me i'm just yeah. doing what i was taught this <laughs> yeah. is the tradition Exactly. And I'm I the feel... most traditional one here. <laughs> yeah, right. right? You, you taught me how to do this. <laughs> you know? yes. you're, you're calling me stubborn and all this kind of stuff. And but you you raised me, you know. Those right. people are the, those people like were like, just stick to the Bible and you're like, Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. What the heck? So so you were you were that and I know that some of the list most of the listeners have no idea what we're even talking about right now, but you were that Diltud for me. Uh, I would love to know who were some of people the people get this. People get, people get. In my experience, yeah, you're, you come from a people who teach you how the world works, and then you go out into the world, mm. and you find your way. And this process of leaving behind certain ways that you were taught this is reality. And you yes. realize reality is different. Yeah. I, there's something profoundly universal. And in my experience, you go into the particulars of your tribe and what it was like to keep going, to expand, evolve, go on the journey, however you'd say it. There's something universal about those particulars that everybody goes, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, and, and I think that's what's so powerful about the book. Mm. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. um, you, you had this audiobook you put out a couple years ago um, called Handling Your Fire. And I shared, yeah. that, I shared that with a lot of people and everybody came away with the same reaction. Hey, I want to quit my job and do what I love. <laughs> it's pretty much. And in this, in this book, you talk about energy pies and you talk about threads and setups. And so, so what's, could you briefly define for us thread and setup? Mm. Is it possible? I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Briefly. Yeah, the danger in 
the danger in too much definition is somebody goes, oh, well, I can't find. So if it's helpful, it's helpful. But just ah. if you ask people, so I would start with, if you talk to people about their life and the, the arc of their life and ask just, when did you feel most alive? When did, what have you been drawn to when you, when you almost block out the conditioning and programming and what you were taught matters or what you were taught is significant or is the measure of success. And you just look at your life and what given a blank slate do you veer towards? Yeah. It's so fascinating to me how many people can say, oh, oftentimes they didn't see that. Sometimes it's very clear, but people are like, oh, healing, earth care. Um, some people can take an idea and give it like flesh and blood. Like they have like an entrepreneurial, they can see a thing and then build the thing, the structure needed to make, bring the thing into existence and they can just do it in their sleep. And what's oftentimes interesting is how there's a thing that just effortlessly sort of flows out of a person. It's who they, it's so connected to their essence that they don't even realize it's a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just always organize things like they just know how to organize things where well, the rest of us are like i don't know what, what's going on and they're like put this here put that there so i would just call that a thread oftentimes there's some and for some people it's literally curiosity they're like i'm all over the place yeah yeah, yeah you dive into something for a while and then you move on to the next thing and they most people who are sort of wired like that were literally taught something's wrong with them like mm. be loyal be true be whatever faithful yeah being perseverance resilience as opposed to yeah sounds like a good life you go after things you love learn about them and play them out and then you move on to the next thing That's, yeah people yeah. say oh master you know jack uh, let's see jack of all trades master of none you know yeah. yeah yeah right like and we immediately go oh that person they what a what a mistake as opposed to yeah yeah sounds like a great when people have talked to me about that very thing and they describe the things they've done. I'm always listening going, that actually sounds like a really, really compelling life. Yeah. So uh, what's fascinating to me is if you just think about this, this thread and then you think about the setup of whatever you're doing now, where you live, what state you pay taxes in, where you go each day, how many yeah. hours you do this, how many hours you do that, where you live, and that the setup sort of come and go. Yeah. You know, then you move over there and you try this and just sort of holding things, holding all this much looser. Yeah. I love the line that you give people to, to use whenever someone asks them, what are you doing now? And you say, Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a nurse right now, or I'm a minister right now, you know, <laughs> and it's, because <laughs> there's always that I'm, hope and possibility that it can change. Yeah. Right? And, and it's so easy. And part of my intent in, this idea of the thread and the setup was simply to loose in our grip on the grasping and clinging to identity. Yeah. And for so many people, their sense of self is so deeply tied. I need to be able to tell people what I do. No, you don't. Right. I literally, most days if somebody were asking me what I do, lately I've been doing this thing where I just tell them what I did that day. <laughs> I woke yeah. up, talked to the dog for a walk my daughter to school yeah like what do you do and i just just start listing what you did that day it's the oh, best volleyball coach 
just the best <laughs> yeah <laughs> because the the mind the e the ego just desperately wants these things it can grab hold of and that's that yeah. gets you into all sorts of hot water yeah that's right and talking about our our individuality and being unique or being not unique necessarily but being authentic to ourselves um there's this there's this quote from uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson in his uh, one of his essays on on uh, self sufficiency, and he talks about how if he stands up and he listens to a minister, he already knows what they're going to say, you know, based on the sect that they're in, based on the passages mm -hmm. that they mm -hmm. give, and there's no there's nothing new, there's nothing fresh, but then you get somebody like 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 a like a John the Baptist figure who I kind of see Dil Tud as, you know, he dresses in a weird way. He lives out in the wilderness in a cave, <laughs> you know, he, he calls people beyond whatever they're in right now. You know, he challenges the status quo. Oh, I didn't never saw it that way. That's fantastic. Yeah. And he's, he's, <laughs> he challenges the idea that the setups have to be what they are, right? You, you have this thread that runs through, yeah. but he's there just to say, no, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, let's, let's, we haven't yeah. arrived at anything. And sometimes I think that's what happens. We get into that job or that career or that hobby and we're like, oh, we've arrived, we're here. And then we get so sad when we learn that it's not there. You've been doing this thing for, for decades of laps, right? And now you see that not everything is what it seems like. It's not as perfect as you thought it was. And even though you're the one pulling all the strings to make it perfect, in this in this world like it's really not that great you know not as great as people th might think that it is like there's there's something maybe sinister beneath the surface there's something uh not really quite right going on beneath the surface and and it calls for a change and it takes those dill tuds in our lives that, that wakes us up to that right so yeah yeah well said so who who have been uh so maybe dill tuds that's shown that's shown up in your life do you think you know, at every, it's funny, none of the characters I can, are people, I can't consciously find the connections between the characters and people in my life because it like sure. kills the story. Okay, sure. So when I think about people who, how at every stage along the way, when I needed it, somebody came along who had, there was a school sister of Notre Dame, basically like a nun in street clothes, who introduced me to the idea of spiritual direction. There was a CEO who helped me understand furniture design, which weirdly enough at that time helped me understand what I was doing with my words. There was a oh, cool. like a sh sort of underground shaman, intuitive healer who showed me how intuition works in 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 the space between people like oh yeah different people all had a friend of mine who i surfed with for three years who is like half fish and his yeah his movement in the water his name is dave just being with him in the ocean how natural and at home he is in the ocean. His, his ability to like, he'll all of a sudden just paddle 20 feet that way and a wave will just appear oh. in that spot. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so I can think of like a whole string of people who came along and gave a gift 
and opened my eyes to something in my heart. Sure. Yeah. And I don't mean to draw a direct correlation, like as if Diltud represents the yeah. guy who gave you sermon pointers and told you there was something <laughs> else there beneath the text that you missed, you know, or whatever. But I know that we've all had someone like that, like, like you alluded yeah. to a moment ago, when the student is ready, the master appears. And so yeah, almost like a, there's an element of almost magic to it. Of like, yeah. What, what kind of spell does this person aware of or how, there's it's not like, almost like a a code or secret they know that you discover isn't a secret because they yeah. willingly pass it along you're like yeah mm -hmm. it's a yeah, powerful the, thing the piddle 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 right <laughs> right <laughs> and i think we we meet these characters all the time in our life uh, but as you mentioned before there's just sometimes in our life we're more susceptible to what they have to say you know to the message that they bring and whether that's because of great love or great loss, or whether it's because that grain of sand has got into the cogs and now you're like, okay, something's not quite right here. You know, what, let's see, how would I, how would I express this? What would you say to someone who feels stuck, kind of like Heen, who is, is like praying or hoping, or I don't know, casting lots or whatever for a deal tud to show up in their life and, they just, they just, they just don't see it. They, they can't find like that voice that they need. Like, what would you say to someone who feels stuck like that? Right. Oh, I, I would say you don't need anybody. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah. That's your problem. That's we, human beings have a long history of messiahs only to discover that the messiah was them the whole time. Mm. Like you think about, well, we just need a, messiah to come and end the war and bring peace on earth yeah but human beings can also just stop bombing <laughs> right yeah. or you think about like yeah yeah but like like hitler had to be opposed like people had to go to war with hitler but what's interesting if you read the gathering storm which is a collection of um a memoir a multi-part memoir from winston churchill is he writes about his perspective in england of the emergence of hitler and there's this really interesting refrain where he just keeps saying, this could be avoided. This could be avoided. This could be avoided. So he, way before World War II, Winston Churchill is going, we don't have to go down this road. Yeah. So what's fascinating is all the things where humans are like, we need intervention. Sure. Um, we have a long history. You think about like those, you'll see like a, like a, Q, like a town hall Q&A with a politician. And it'll be like, what are you going to do about my neighbor's dog that barks in the middle of the night and right. they'll ask a, a politician some insanely like you think this like a politician who would actually tell you here's what i'm going to do about <laughs> the gutter in your street i mean there are politicians who will be like what street are you on yeah we're working on that but <laughs> yeah how often what it weirdly does and we'll see it again next year with the presidential election it actually makes people small like we need some person to come in and save us when, uh, yeah, like every cult is sure. built around this person has something that I don't. So if I just join, give whatever, then I can be a part and I can get some of the thing that they have that I wish I had. So like with the person you're referring to, I would just start asking them all sorts of questions because inevitably in the stillness and silence of them 
doing just some basic self-inquiry, we would watch them. I do this here in Ojai. People come for two days and they bring a question about their life, generally stuck, an idea, something they're working on. Then I start asking them questions. And just in this space that we create, I just watch person after person realize they have everything they need. I mean, I remember the hour with you uh, during the pandemic and how at one point, you know, I broke out in tears, but it wasn't because you, you said something revolutionary or that I'd never heard before. It was that you were helping me just to be honest with myself. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, and so sometimes we look for those messiahs to come into our life and to save the day or tell us what we need to do, or give us that, you know, these 10 quick tips, doctors hate them, but you'll, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And really what all that is, is just kind of putting off, taking responsibility and, and, and yeah. doing what we know is what yeah, is the yeah, right yeah. move for us all along, right? And also your question about how do you, in my experience, now that I think about it, I hadn't really thought about this before that way. Those people didn't, they just, I don't even know if I was asking for them. They showed up in my life. It's almost like they showed up and I just went with it. And then later it was like, yeah, oh, that's pretty good. That timing is pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes they show up when you don't want them to, you know? Sure. And you like, don't even understand what they're talking about. And then 10 yeah. minutes later, you're like, oh, that's really good. Yeah. And then you realize, like, you, like part of you goes, oh, man, why didn't I take advantage of that sooner? Right. You know, you kind of like mm -hmm. kicking yourself. Mm -hmm. But but as you said before, well, you didn't take advantage of that sooner. You weren't ready for that yet. You know, look at him go. He's, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. That I love that. Also that refrain as well. You know, just look at him go, right? Like he's he's just doing his best with what he's got, you know. <laughs> it's just so good. And so that's that's one of the reasons that drew me to this t-shirt, by the way. Um, shout out uh, to where'd you park your store. Um, I love it. I love it. It's just it's this to me, it's this such a hopeful refrain that mm -hmm. things don't have to be like they are, you know. That yes. there's there's yes. alternatives out there and it might not even exist yet it might be you that sets that up and it doesn't have to already exist you don't have to follow in someone else's shoes you can you know carve your own way and that's like actually the way to be most authentic to yourself you know yeah most of the giant leaps forward in life are when we realize that what we thought reality was an assumption and, and assumptions generally sit so close to the consciousness that you, like your nose, you can't even see them. But when all of a sudden, like the person who says, I think it was like a super obvious example. Oh, the person who says like, yeah, but I got to put a roof over my head. Like you don't understand. I'd like, that'd be nice. It's nice that you can do that, but, but I got to put like a roof over my head. Well, Google jobs that provide housing. There are quite a few of them. Like, I know a number of people who got jobs in which housing was provided so that I have to put a roof over my head. Uh, no, it comes with a job. Yeah. Even the most basic assumptions about, about how life is set up. Um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what arrangements are out there? Yeah, that's right. And you might be putting stakes in the ground one day, you know, to lay out a new circle and traveling through the universe, you know, the next day. And, and it's all, you know, it's, it's all part of the same story. Like I love that. And I know that you swear that this stuff isn't intentional, but you have to try harder to convince me um, <laughs> that <laughs> there's this transcend and include theme that runs through the book. Uh, this Ken Wilbur, mm. you know, and so close to the very beginning, they're looking at the brown balling, you know, and uh, 
Oh, what was his name? I was just I just got the book on Audible. It just got released on Audible what two days ago or something, right? Uh, and... maybe a couple of weeks, but oh, okay, it got released a couple of days ago. Yeah, well, I, knew, I thought it was released on something else. Well, anyways, I got the notification about Audible just a couple of days ago, and so I downloaded it and I was listening to the book. And it went back to the part where all the kids in the class are trying to get the teacher to say brown ball as many times as they can, you know? And when <laughs> she's explaining what's going on, you know, what happened with the plow and the farmers, and they're like, wait, there were farmers? Like, everybody didn't just grow their own food, you know? And one of the kids in the class goes, wait, were they just less intelligent back then? And then she does the Ken Wilbur, you know, transcendent include thing. Oh, we don't rate things like that. <laughs> You know, we don't, we don't rank things in that way. Uh, we're not, we're not about that here. And so I love how it's, and that, and that kind of sets the stage for the whole book because which Heen is the best version of Heen? Not even a question that you ask. Oh my God. That's such a great, I haven't even seen that. That's so good. Cause you don't, you don't rank things like that in this world, you know, and that's what that's he's taught. So good. And like, Oh, I hadn't seen that. That when you go on this journey with Heen, you don't judge him for earlier Heen because you you just were following him. Yeah. You're just with him. Right. And what and happens... Just what happened, happened. Yeah. And what happens to him happens to you because you're on the journey with him. And so all of the mm, the loss and the, and the joy and... <laughs> and the uh, exploration I, I come from a very uh a very kind of like low church setting like a, like a, almost a puritan background we thought christmas was a pagan holiday all this kind of stuff and so i've been studying more about other traditions and how they model the whole year after the life the, you know, the jesus story and how m taking them through that kind of like takes the whole church through a season of of joy and of life and of sacrifice and resurrection and the restoration of all things and all this thing and and i love how this story helps you along that path too because you're here following heen through discovering who he is and he has this freedom to find the perfect setup that he wants you know for the rest of his life on his own planet and throughout the story you you have to have to die to those old parts and become resurrected with him in these new parts and then you fall into the rope just every day going through the motions and then as he wakes up to the to the to the to the reality that's that's been around him the whole time you wake up to it too and it causes you to question the setups and the arrangements and the chairs you know in your own life as you go through the as you go through the story with heen my god you should this... have an audiobook about this book where you just like commentate on it that's you do a commentary it's so good you can make it happen <laughs> so good Wow. And it's kind of it's kind of like the liturgical calendar because you experience everything, you know, through yeah. uh, through Heen. And uh I mean all yeah. of the yeah, all the shock and the surprise and you know, when he when he goes to the veil of of uh of, Dil <laughs> of Diltud's cave, and then you know, I don't want to give away too much, but from the Jesus tradition, right? The very last thing you would want happens to him, right? And so you know, it's <laughs> it's this mixture of like of unholy of of unholy and holy and spiritual, you know, all at once. And he's going through this this baptism of you know, like uncleanness, right? And and he comes out on the other side new. And it's just it's just uh, it takes you with him, right? It, it, wow, that yeah. is so interesting that you saw all that. That is so fascinating.
Wow, yeah. That's great. That is great. And yes, unintentional. Unintentional. Didn't see that. Well, that's what's so fun about this. That's that's the best part, right? I think I think it was Stephen King who talked about that in his book on writing about how the way that you write a story is not writing the story, is you meet the characters and you just watch them do what they do. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very much so. And so, which what who what? I know I know the 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 story in the middle of the night was that one guy met the other guy. So was this was it the Dill Tud character that you met first as you? You yeah, entered it was into two, this it world. was the guys asking a guy. Okay, and then so it was, well, what's that guy's name? Oh, well, what's the other guy's name? Well, how does he? I remember, I remember distinctly. How does he feel about this question? He does not like this question. That came in. It was like that was like a, the first like feeling that was like very strong. Like, oh, he does not like it. Why? He does not want anybody to know he has a spaceship. Hmm. Oh, why's that? And then it just. Days, months, weeks, just followed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think this is actually a really good, a really good thing for people. You know, everybody, everybody has a story in them, right? Everybody has a book in them. Is what I've heard. I don't know if that's true, but maybe it's like an audio book or a painting or something. But, but what a lot of people think is, okay, I need to have an outline and I need to do my research and I need to, you know, follow this process that I was taught in the fifth grade in writing essays with a thesis statement and body paragraphs and a conclusion. But I think hearing this, th this, this way of writing, you know, of meeting the characters and asking them what they're up to, that's so, so much more freeing than this rigid way that a lot of us were taught how to write essays, you know, in middle school. Yeah. And uh, to me, the name is like a portal. Like, I love naming. I love names. I'll write it out and then see how it looks on the page and then I'll write it differently and then I'll spell it differently and when I or sometimes the name is just instant yeah. and the name is how I find my way in and I I still don't understand why names are so powerful to me so the name and then what are they saying what are they wearing and where do they come from and it's like meeting you're creating a, a character that you're meeting you're meeting them like a millisecond after you've created them and or it's happening at the same time that out that that process to me is god it's just so oh i love it so much and, and so, then seeing what they do and where they go so because you entered that the whole, the whole story making process that way the world building process that way was there ever a time when one of the characters did something, and I know we're not supposed to rank things like this, but the character did something that, like you didn't like, or you're like, oh man, what what are they doing? You know, or or maybe surprised you or shocked you or uh, so for sure surprised yeah. when Keen brings lines back to Bourne's and mm. Peebles' house. Yeah. I had no idea he was going to trip and fall. Oh yeah. Smash his break his jaw and bite off the front part of his tongue. I was like, wait, I was like, wait, did I just render my main narrator character unable to speak? <laughs> like, wait, am I now going to have a big chunk of the book where my main character can't talk because his jaw is wired shut? That was literally, I did not see that coming. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it, and um, it, and it, was, it had like this, did I just make a chick? Can I even do this? Is that even possible? 
yeah so that was a, for sure like did you just do something that appears out of nowhere that you're going to later be like why did i do this but it turned out to yeah that's like a classic example of what you're saying yeah and that's what happens you to see all, that coming that's what happens to all of us right and so <laughs> and so why should we well that didn't go as planned what there was a plan like what the, mm -hmm. i didn't mm -hmm. know there was an outline who said there was an outline where's the box right or i knew that that when they went to the school, Nunier was going to take over. Yeah. I did not. And I, something about bread. And I was like, well, she's going to do this like electrifying thing about bread. But, but I was in the ravine for about four days just watching her do her bread as magic speech performance. Um, you, <laughs> you, are you, do you plan on like reenacting that? Like, at a at a tour that be or on a tour or something best scene yeah. in like a movie oh it's so fun although that's the power of a, a book is it's in our head it's we love it in our heads i don't know if yeah. a movie is like watching it in someone else's head yeah that's true yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean who knows I don't know if we'd like that <laughs> um it, yeah i mean we all have had those moments where we try out those illustrations and they don't go exactly like we hoped uh but you know you never know until you try and so maybe we'll get to see that in a raw bill tour someday who knows or maybe raw bill doesn't do tours i mean like um i'm willing i'm not going to reenact the scene in which a woman gives a speech i'll tell you that oh uh, yeah well that <laughs> i guess so um oh let's see so what impressed me about nunye in that scene was how she was able to take center stage and basically do the whole show and still make it all about heen yeah <laughs> you know, the power yeah. to re re redirect that attention towards him yeah and so lines yeah. and wishes are fulfilled stunned. and everything he's yeah. just stunned that's there's such a power in being able to to do that and point to someone else i mean just that total act of selflessness that's that's when i knew that she wasn't as she wasn't as, uh, as tough as, as she thought she was you know and sticking to her sticking to her guns you know and uh and following her setup like when she did that for heen i knew that this was good she was she was going to be a good one i was going to like her a lot you know oh yeah that was the scene that like for you cracked like opened something new about her right because you know you have your suspicions you know just like heen right because <laughs> you're you're in his shoes but at that point yeah. it's like what a selfless act you know she could have let him flop like she's not supposed to be helping him love Fertis more, and yet here she is. <laughs> and oh, and I loved it, it when he says, uh, when he's like at one point and he's like, I realize that every time I say something good about her, then I follow it up with something about how awful she is because I hate her so much. But I'm realizing I probably should stop that. Like, yeah, his own conflicted love hate with her, he starts narrating for you how he sees that he has a conflicted love hate with her. Right. And that calls us out, doesn't it? Because how many times do how many times do we give backhanded compliments, you know, and and have to shut people down, you know, because we like we don't want to puff them up too much or something. You know, it's 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 so good. It's so good. Um, oh, something came into my brain just a moment ago about about this whole situation. Um, oh, I love, again, the connection that Nunye has with Bill Tut about the tree, you know, and um. And they're like, is he even ready for this yet? It's just, <laughs> it's just so good. Um, the whole, but really, Rob, you did. These characters did such a good job writing this book. They really did. They thank you. I mean, they really came alive. And I think that 
anybody out there, I mean, if, who who has it in them to, I mean, to, uh, read, I mean, it's 500 pages long, but then as you've mentioned in your podcast, you look at the type, like I could do that. Right. And <laughs> I think that anybody would enjoy this book. You know, there, there might be parts of it where they're like, what, but that's what life is. You know, that's how every book is really. Uh, but I just, I just appreciate you bringing this, bringing this into the world. And I love how the back gives away so much but it doesn't give away anything at all? Anything. I want it to be a total word salad where you'd be like, I think I'm getting the whole plot of the book, but I don't have any idea what any of it means. So I'm kind of even more lost than ever. Yeah. <laughs> when um, I haven't listened to the audiobook yet. Um, so I've, I'm, I've started it, but I haven't, I haven't even gotten very far into section one. Um, what part of the book really brought forth the emotions when you were recording the audiobook. I mean, what part really just maybe even took you oh, by surprise? I'll tell you, uh, that's a great question. When Heen comes back with lines and he falls and Borns is holding lines and he thanks Heen for finding his boy and then Heen feels these arms behind him and it's Bobby Freelance and he says, I got you, brother. Ooh wrecks me every time yeah that just, just devastates me yeah that part was that part was pretty emotional for me as well when i was reading through it the first time you know i yeah. the first part the first part i read in probably like like two weeks and the rest of the book i read in like three days <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you when when heen and Nunier are in the tunnel and they stop oh yeah she's like holding on to him yeah. And you're like, I thought this was a thing. Is this a thing? But there's a whole thing, like a cloud over it. Like she is a, like a sign seven. Like she's here to do it. Like you still don't, yeah, that tension and, and how badly you just want people to find each other and have love between them. And like yeah. you want that. And then there's also like very real stuff happening <laughs> yeah it just gets me yeah and and uh and you just want so <laughs> throughout the whole book there's there's things that you want to know that you're just not allowed to know for so long you know like what dil tut is hanging out uh handing out to everybody um mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. you want to yeah. know what all these what all of this means right and and some of it you never know and i love that because Again, it's just part of the reality of life. Like this isn't a book that just tells you all the secrets about everything. It, it you're you're literally just playing this character. You know, you yes. Don't, you don't get all the privileged information. Oh, that's so well said. Like, and when you don't get information, yeah, you don't get it. Deal, deal yeah. with it. You don't get it. Tough. So what? Yeah. So what? <laughs> like, good you luck. Must not need you it. Know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, so I. I know that you could talk about this book for a lot longer, uh, but I want to, I want to respect your time. And, um, I've, I, we're actually, my, my parents are keeping the kids this weekend. And so my wife and I have like a, well, my, sorry, my biological dad, you're not, you don't know all the, all the details. Cause I just told you this whole story. So my biological dad was not the one that disowned me. It was my stepdad. So the kids are staying with my biological dad this weekend. So my wife and I have all these dates planned. And I want to respect your time. So I'll, well, I'll let, I'll I'll let you, you got you have a date plan. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'll let you go we'll soon. Wrap it up here. But but I want you to uh, 
to point everybody to all of the uh all the merch the art store like give your pitch <laughs> give your give your elevator pitch if you'd like here towards the end yeah i don't really <laughs> not the guy to do an elevator pitch oh uh, that's yeah, okay called where'd you park your spaceship you can get at my site which is rawbell.com there's info on the book and there's uh, we made the first hundred pages available for free and there's an audiobook and there's kindle and there's a whole merch store which is phrases and words from the book that will make no sense yeah. to you read the book and then you'll laugh like yeah. the fiddle 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 shirt our good man is wearing and then there's an art store with a bunch of my paintings and there's some audio other audio books and there's robcasts and then i do these events here in ohio there's all kinds of stuff going on yeah there is and and if you haven't listened to the robcasts you really should and it's such a such a treat i actually like to listen to it the most when i'm out hiking and uh, around the lake here uh, right down oh, the road nice. from us yeah i put in um you know, I'll, I'll put on a couple episodes in the queue and just take off and I get to enjoy the world and listen to Rob. It's just a really, really great experience. Uh, so what's the name of the, what's the, name of the lake? Uh, lake Gunnersville. Gunnersville. Guntersville. Yeah. It's, it was, Guntersville. A, it was a man-made lake back in the thirties. They, uh, uh, they dammed up the river here and it made a really big lake, destroyed a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of farmland and things like that. But uh, apparently it was it was for the greater good so it's it, it's one step closer to being brown bald uh maybe but uh <laughs> you're, you're we, a very funny person we, we get to enjoy the wilderness though so. but hey i i i appreciate you coming on and I, I just have to tell you that i know that a lot of people that have uh that are going to be watching this and listening to it they 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 have a lot of respect for you and and the things that you've the things that you put out there into the world and it's really touched a lot of lives and I know you probably hear this all the time but but thank you thank you so much Rob mm. man diltad bow to that yes. thank you that means the yeah. world that's very very kind of you to say well cool. uh, you, you I think you I think you deserve it really do uh, but anyways guys go go check out uh, where'd you park your spaceship audio book you can listen to rob read it on your way to work or whatever it is that you do and you can also read the book also with like actual uh paper and there's you know a cover on the front and back and you can hold it in your hands it's really cool really cool um but rob i guess that'll be it for today um i hope we Love get to it. connect again you are yeah. just yeah this has just been incredible and to everyone else uh yeah hope you have hope you have a great time uh, going on spaceships with heen grew bears in the next few weeks <laughs>